Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. On today's show, Ben Stevens of Locked On Big 12 Podcast joins me. We give our all-NBA playoff teams for the Big 10 and then the Big 12, and we stack them up head-to-head. It was a fun show. I hope you guys enjoy. A special crossover episode between the bigs. It's Locked On Big Ten and it's Locked On Big 12. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten and Locked On Big 12 podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, alongside the host of Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors. The date is Thursday, May 27th, and on this crossover Thursday, the episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Josh, there is no better way in my mind to do a crossover special episode between Locked On Big Ten and Locked On Big 12 and start it with the rockauto.com jingle. How would you rank my singing voice, my friend? I was pretty good. Uh, that's uh, You told me you told me before the show you were going to do it. So I know I was kind of I was waiting to judge you. You did a very good job. I think that you could actually do their ad rates for them. So uh, the, the actual TV ones. So very nice. Uh, that means the world to me. Maybe they'll let me in a recording <laughs> studio at a certain point in the future. Rock Auto, if you need your boy to sing jingles, I am here for you. So a special crossover episode at this time in late May because a lot of the sports world is focused on the playoffs, both in the Stanley Cup for the NHL and the NBA. So Josh had a more magnificent idea here at this point to do something creative, to look around the NBA playoffs and make our conference teams, our all Big Ten and all Big 12 NBA playoff teams from our respective leagues that are now playing at the professional level. So Josh, I am thoroughly excited to do this exercise, but as I was pouring through the rosters still available in the NBA playoffs from the Western and Eastern conference, there's not a ton of options from the big 10. As I was cycling through, I saw a bunch from the big 12. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. There's not a whole lot from the big 10. And as I look at my starting five right now, I can't say I'm necessarily thrilled by it. I was, I was going to say, I was like, should we expand this to the entire NBA? Because I was trying to like rack my brain for Big Ten guys. Because I was like, this this is, hypothetically, we're putting these two teams kind of up against each other. And I was oh, like, this, this, would be, <laughs> this could be really ugly. So, um, I'm okay, so off the top of my head, I, I'm trying to think of like a Big Ten player comes to mind. Like the first Big Ten That's the thing. left in the NBA, well, is left, 16 teams, but... Who is like the first Big Ten player that came to your mind? No, I'm a Wizards fan, so Alex Len, obviously. But Alex Len, keep in mind, I saw him play in person at the ACC tournament. So he yeah. actually wasn't he actually wasn't a, a player in the in the the Big Ten or even Big Ten. But I guess I think he counts. I mean, I would count that. Oh, oh, he he's definitely <laughs> our starting five. He is our starting center. We need some interior type of height down in the post. So Alex Len, who went to Maryland in the ACC, he might have did he finish. In 20, he might have finished in the Big Ten Conference because Maryland came over the 2014-15 season, and I feel like he might have finished there. But regardless, yeah, he's a part of the Big Ten team <laughs> as we look at it constructed from the 16 teams available in the NBA playoffs. Funny enough, the first person that came to mind, and maybe it's because I'm such a huge Mark Titus fan and I have read his book, Coach, Don't Put Me In, is Mike Conley Jr. from mm-hmm. Ohio State because he played with Titus. So that was the first person that came to mind. Right. Mike Conley Jr., of course, the starting point guard for the Utah Jazz, the top seed in the Western Conference. But then I really had to dive through. And there are some options. And if you're watching on YouTube, we lost Josh Neighbors for just a brief moment. But 
back like he never left. Here's yeah. Josh Neighbors again, the host of Locked On Big 12, although we don't have his video at the moment. I'm Josh, I'm here. At the camera. I can see you, but I can't I can see, see, I can see me in the well. program here your video as we are going to do this crossover special episode about the yes. NBA playoff teams from our respective leagues. I'm going to knock you out, Josh, and I'm going to bring you back in. Let's see if that works. The beauty sometimes, folks, the technical difficulties you'll face when you're doing a live stream for YouTube. Josh, still can't see your video. What's good what? with that? It's on. And uh, I can't hear you. Uh, Maybe exit out and come back in, and we might have to stop and start, but that's okay. We'll figure this out. Dealing with technical difficulties at times is all a part of the game. NBA playoffs, though, we were talking about it. Mike Conley Jr. played at Ohio State with a great Ohio State team that made the national championship game alongside Greg Oden. Greg Oden no longer in the NBA. Josh? You're back. I can see you. Can I hear you? Yes. There we go. Yeah, we're back, baby. All right. There you go. That's how you make some fluff out of things. Yeah. Bringing your co-host for a crossover special back on. But Josh, I was just telling them Mike Conley played with Greg Oden. That Ohio State team made the national title game, but didn't win the national championship. Mark Titus, of course, Mr. Rainmaker, was on the bench for that national title run. Yeah, I like. Uh, so if you're kind of stacking up, like where the guys you know rank position by position. My point guard would be obviously Trey Young. I think it's the only logical decision. So I, yeah. I really do think that Mike Conley versus Trey Young is a good, it's a good matchup. Some people might say Trey Young is look. I, I understand Trey Young's got a little bit of an edge, but Mike Conley, <laughs> like ostensibly, Mike Conley is a good defender, right? Like we, right. yes. So I think if you told Mike Conley, look, your job is to try to slow down Trey Young. I think he was somebody that you know. He's not, not my number one choice to, to take on the task, but he is a veteran guy who looked like he was trending the wrong direction and has picked it back up this year. So I think Mike Conley versus Trey Young is maybe not balanced, but intriguing. Mike Conley Jr. actually had a great 2020-21 NBA season, was playing at a near all-star level for a good majority of it, was injured down the stretch run for Utah, but now is back in the Western Conference playoffs. The Utah Jazz, as Josh and I are recording this, are about to get ready for a game against the Memphis Grizzlies, where also a good portion of my Big Ten starting five came from those Memphis Grizzlies. So, Josh, how do you want to do it? Do you want to run through our starting five, or do you want to go position by position and compare and contrast against each other? Because we just did point guard. Do you want to go full starting five and then talk overall, or do you want to go position by position? Let's go position by position, because okay. I feel like if we went overall, I, I don't mean to demean the Big Ten, but yeah, no. it would turn into a little bit of a – Oh, Mike, it'd be a little bit overwhelming, I think. Yes, I agree. I completely agree with you. And by the way, Trey Young out of Oklahoma does have the edge, at least at this stage of their career. Mike Conley would be great to facilitate a team full of incredible talent, maybe even allowing Trey Young to play off ball at times. Yeah. But no, I think Trey Young has I the edge I would love to see there. 2013 Mike Conley against Trey Young. That would be one hell of a matchup. That'd be great. You said 2013, and my thought is like, oh, yeah, a couple years ago. And then I'm like, oh, that's yeah. eight years ago. <laughs> I mean, like Clippers, Chris Paul versus, you know, yeah. versus Mike Conley, like that, yeah. Which is, yeah, I also think a couple years ago, but it's yeah. eight years ago somehow, which speaks to his longevity. Quick pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place to find all of the fun sports in action you want to bet on, whether it be horse racing MMA, UFC, well, the same thing, uh, Bellator, PFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, all that stuff is available at betonline.ag. You go there today, you make an account, it's free, and then you guys use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 50% off 
or a 50% deposit bonus rather. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they give you an extra 50 to play with there at betonline.ag. Once again, promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So if we're keeping track at home, I think the Big 12 has the edge in the first position, the point guard. So one nothing Big 12 here in this crossover special between Locked On Big 10 and Locked On Big 12. I started with point guard. I think you start with shooting guard and we'll compare. Okay, so this one is, to me, it's not it's not that interesting. Um, although I love this player. So I'm going with Desmond Bain. And Ooh. in terms of like pure shooting guards, He's actually really one of the few guys who's available. I know there's like a bit, you know, you could do Ben McLemore, um, a couple other guys, but I think Desmond Bain is a really, really good player because three and D guy, it's kind of just naturally where he fits into the NBA. But the one thing he did at TCU is that they ran a lot of the offense through him. So you can actually run a few plays through Desmond Bain where he brings the ball up and he's not, you know, he's not a Chris Paul type passer, but he's a good enough passer. Plays a lot of defense. He'll talk a little trash, too. We saw the other night he did that. Uh, so I love Desmond Bain, and I think he is an excellent player to have at that, too. And also, I think he compliments Trey Young pretty well with, with what his strengths are. I think that's a really good backcourt. I'm surprised you didn't go THT. Is he on your starting five? Okay. Or is okay. he not so dignified we, as a student can we, yeah. can we talk about this, man? There is a lot of Taylor Horton Tucker love. A lot. And yeah. – and there's a lot of games where it's been high minutes for him because of injuries. Yeah. And people are loving Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, he's 20 years old, and maybe in three or four years he can play. But right now you're not playing. I mean, the Lakers should not play him in, in, in any meaningful minutes at all in the playoffs, in my opinion. He is I a pure like scorer. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. He's a guy that is a bucket getter and has a crafty set of moves. And Taylor Horton Tucker was huge for the Lakers when they didn't have LeBron James right. and Anthony Davis at full strength to at least keep their playoff hopes in the seating in the Western Conference in a pretty formidable position. But I like Desmond Bain. He is a dog. I like the mentality he brings and the ferocity he brings. This might be the only spot the Big Ten gets over the Big 12 because my shooting guard, and really it's like a three-guard lineup, I'm not really going to dignify between shooting guard and small forward so much, but I'll go shooting guard Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat out of Michigan because Duncan Robinson has lit the NBA by storm, at least in the playoffs in his three-point shooting the last two seasons. Last year in the bubble really became a household name. This year off to a pretty good start. Was great in game number one for the Heat when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo did not score. The Heat, though, down 2 nothing in their series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you agree with my assessment? that maybe Duncan Robinson has the slight edge over Desmond Bain? Yeah. I mean, I think he's more proven player, right? He's done it in the playoffs. Uh, we've already seen him do it. And uh, I think he is – he's very dependable, I think, is, is the word that I, I would I would use. Is yeah. that you, you know what you're getting from Duncan Robinson. And uh, dependable for the Heat in a very big way because nobody else is scoring right now. No. They cannot put the – they're very challenged when it comes to putting the ball in the basket. I think that team is very tired – I think that the run last year took a lot out of them. It's pretty evident. It's just to have to come back on a shortened kind of delay between the end of the season now and the beginning of this season, and then to go to the playoffs again, it's a big ask. So I think Duncan is really a a big part of why they are back to where they are. I know he's had some struggles this year, but he's been good so far, I guess you could say, in, in the last like part of the end of the season. So, yeah, and I give him the edge. I give him the okay, edge. So- one one apiece as we have yeah. gone through our point guard and shooting guard positions. Yeah. Also, Duncan Robinson, 
now a podcaster. So I think he would yes. enjoy this thought exercise we are doing here on this crossover special. Locked on Big Ten, I'm Ben Stevens. Locked on Big 12, he is Josh Neighbors. Now we move on to the small forward position in our starting five from our respective all Big Ten and all Big 12 teams. You are going to win this one, yeah. my friend, but I'm <laughs> going to say that I would put Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of in that 2-3 combo guard position right. where Duncan Robinson could also be. But Tim Hardaway Jr., also out of Michigan, playing right now for the Dallas Mavericks, hit a huge three in crunch time against the Los Angeles Clippers in game number two that sealed the deal for the Mavericks. The Mavs winning both games on the road in L.A. to open up that series, a surprising 2-0 lead over the L.A. Clippers. But Tim Hardaway Jr., one of the more consistent players for the Dallas Mavericks over the past couple of years, probably one of the stronger NBA players, at least in these playoffs from the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, what's interesting about him is, you know, I think he used to be perceived as a good stats, bad team type guy, right? Mm -hmm. He'd be on a team with a bunch of bad players, get a lot of shots, and kind of a guy can hold you over for a year. As Porzingis has gotten declined because he is not yep. as effective as he was, Hardaway's really picked up that that kind of mantle as being another guy that Luca can really depend on because that supporting cast is not great. Um, and when, you know, he's, you know, basically your, your second option at this point in terms of guards, um, no, not diminish him at all, but he's kind of risen up to that occasion to, yeah. to kind of, you know, be the guy that can help them. So I like that for you. The problem is now here's the thing. I have multiple options. I can go. Yeah, with. you do. Now, now, Chris Middleton, you know, is, is a guy that I, I could use, but obviously the answer here is Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the one bad side is if I played this team for, you know, a full season, how many games did I get Kevin Durant for? Maybe 40, I don't know. But as long as he's good to go for my playoff run, uh, I'll take Kevin Durant, best scorer of the last 10 years. Kevin Durant, I was looking through the teams that are still alive in the NBA playoffs, and it hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, he did play that year at Texas and had yep. one of the most phenomenal years in NCAA college basketball history. So, yes, Kevin Durant gets the edge there. Chris Middleton would get the edge there as well. If Chris Middleton is your sixth man, which I'm not even sure he might be, they also have the edge over whoever the sixth man is out of the Big Ten Conference, Trey Burke. Depending on what I would do at the power forward position, maybe Xavier Tillman or Jaron Jackson Jr. There's your tease to what my power forward position is. I mean, Frank Kaminsky, who hasn't played yet in the playoffs, but is a huge He's giving a lot of high fives off the bench. Yeah. A lot of high fives off the bench for Frank Kaminsky in the playoffs. So if you're putting Chris Middleton out there, your sixth man is also better. So I said my power forward positions. You get the edge in the small forward. It's 2-1 right now, Big 12 over Big 10. My power forward position, both coming from the Memphis Grizzlies, depending on how you want to slice it, Jaron Jackson Jr. or Xavier Tillman, Michigan State Spartans through and through. Yeah, so this one is, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm winning this one because it's Blake Griffin at this point. I, like, it's are like, you, but you're, we're seeing Blake have a renaissance, well, a renaissance of his you, career. You know what's crazy is that – so I, I used to – a big Chris Paul guy, and I, even my, in my high school years, I would – I would, did some writing about the Clippers. And I remember, you know, watching Blake and watching what he was back then and watching what he is now. I mean, this is a guy that if they make the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to ask him to guard Joel Embiid. And the other night, you know, he played 20 minutes and he scored one point, and it's like, that's fine. Your job right. is to no longer score. I mean, he there, and I'm not sure he can stop Embiid. I don't. There's very few guys who can, but they're going to ask him to try. So I think for what Blake being now, you know, a different energy. And here's the thing, is that his mindset's so important. I mean, it, he was not happy in Detroit, and he was and he was hurt. And a change of scenery. We see baseball is the biggest sport where this applies. Change of scenery can do a lot of good for people, and it's done him a world of good. No, he's not 25 and 10 guy dunking over Kias. But he is a really tough player. 
He still has decent athleticism and he understands that he understands what he has in terms of like his skill set now yeah. and how to adapt it. It's like a great pitcher who gets old and loses velocity, but still understands how to pitch and Adam Wainwright, you know, a, a guy like that. That's kind of what Blake Griffin is now. And it's been cool to see him adjust and adapt. And I know he's on a great team, but he's done it pretty successfully. One more stoppage of play here, if you will, for a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. I cannot sing as well as Ben Stevens did at the beginning of the show today, but I can do this ad read uh, just as well, hopefully, as he does. Says You guys know the deal, though. At rockauto.com, they really pride themselves on pricing everything at an affordable rate, right? They really want you guys to be able to find the parts that you need from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got thousands of parts available for whatever kind of car you're driving. And also, you know, pros and mechanics uh, and, and do-it-yourselfers, they get to pay the same prices. So nobody's getting gouged at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And if you're listening there and you're like, wow, Josh talks about baseball so seamlessly. He's also the host of Locked On Nationals on the Locked On MLB channel on the Locked On Podcast Network. So make sure if you have any ties to listen to baseball, you listen to Locked On Nationals with Josh Neighbors as well. I would also say, though, two nights ago on Tuesday, Blake Griffin was taking us back to the Clippers and Locked City's years, and he was throwing down over people and looked like he had a little spring in his step. And when you are that good and have that many options on the Brooklyn Nets, they are going to be a very tough team to beat. That's why pretty much across the board right now, they are the betting favorite to win the NBA championship. So do we want to move on to our center position? I still give the edge to Blake Griffin, I think, honestly. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been – he is a very, very talented player. Xavier Tillman is a guy that is a utility knife that can do anything you need. He has played so well for the Memphis Grizzlies as well in his first year in the NBA. Jaron Jackson Jr., I'd say, has more talent probably than those three that we've mentioned in this group right now. But Jaron Jackson Jr. also dealing with some injuries. So at the moment, just in what he's presented production-wise – I still think I give the edge to Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this is one of those matchups where I think in a year the conversations may be different, right? You yeah. know, about, uh, considering where Blake is and considering where those guys, you know, Jaron Jackson is uh, in his career. And even, even you know, Xavier Tillman as well, you know, where, where he is um, in his career. So, yeah, I think I think Blake gets it. But it's not a big, you know, it's not a big gap by any means. The center right. one – the center one is actually a matchup that we're seeing play out right now, and uh, it's not—it's not, it's not going to go well for you, Ben. I'm sorry. I've got Joel Embiid, luckily, at playing center for me. What a great luxury to have. Um, he is—I mean, no, I'm sure I'm sure you remember watching him in college. Like the footwork at age of 18 is was tremendous, and I think it's one of those things. Yeah, when the guys play, you know, younger, and I think Akeem was the same way playing soccer in their youth allowed them to have better footwork, better flexibility, actually, as well. And it translated to basketball, the drop steps, a lot of that stuff. It was just so natural to him to where you see, you know, we see guys at 18, 19, you know, it looks like they're committing the moves to memory when they're trying to move in the post, right? Drop, dribble, and that kind of, kind of stuff. It's always been natural for him. And the thing for him is staying on the court, and he's done a very good job of that this year. And that's why he finished second MVP. I mean, I think it's, well, it's why it's looking like he's going to finish second or third an MVP, you know, the, the voting some kind of out, but he's, he has been a joy to watch this year. Not if you're a Wizards fan like me right now, it sucks, but he's a joy to watch in general. 
can I can't can I claim Nikola Jokic as a Big Ten guy <laughs> to make this a little bit more interesting in the center position? I feel like Serbia is a Big Ten adjacent yeah. place <laughs> right now. Might it's be. cold. Is, is Serbia yeah. cold? I mean, Eastern Europe, right? Oh, it's it's Serbia cold. could be one of those weird countries, though. That's like Mediterranean, like Croatia. Right, it's true. Croatia. That's true. That is true. Yeah, because so I, I guess I we consider it Eastern Europe, don't we? It's considered. Serbia, Eastern Europe, right? I think, I think this is yeah. probably a bad play of this is not this is not our wheelhouse. Here. This is not our wheelhouse. <laughs> Listen, we're sports guys through and through. <laughs> like we talked about earlier on in this conversation, and as you alluded to there, my center is a guy that played first in the ACC, then maybe in the Big Ten, but a team that is now firmly in the Big Ten Conference, the Maryland Terrapins, and that would be Alex Len, the starting center for the Washington Wizards, who, like Josh mentioned, is kind of getting dominated at least through Game One by Joel Embiid, and that should probably be the case through most of this series. I expect JoJo to keep doing big things against Alex Len, but at least we have a little bit of front court depth with Alex Len as a part of the all big 10 team. So you win either way. If we wanted to even call the power forward position, like a half split, you win two and a half to one and a half or wait, no three and a half to one and a half or just four to one. However you want to say it, the all big 12 team from the current NBA playoff teams far surpasses the all big 10 team. But some good talent there, and I think if we meshed a couple of our positions, it would be a pretty formidable side that might have a run to the NBA titles. I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be a great team. I mean, I think yeah. that team would be, be really awesome. I, I I do think though, my team besides Desmond Bain, I think played more years in college than the rest of my team combined, or <laughs> as much. So, uh, not sure how much my team gave for the Big Ten or the Big Twelve Conference, rather. But they are, but uh, because Joel Embiid played, it was like half a year. He didn't yeah. play for the season. Trey played a full year, obviously. Um, Durant Katie. played one season, right? So, uh, and who else? Blake go two. Blake went two. Blake went one or two. I'm yeah. trying to remember what he went. Blake went one or two. So yeah, Desmond Bain played basically, you know, as much or just a little bit less. Was, yeah, I think he played. T- Blake played two in college. So yeah, but I mean, if Blake was now in college, he would have gone. It would have been one year, and he would have been gone. I think Mike Conley might have been one and done. Maybe. Uh, actually, I, I don't know like about he that. was there for two years, and I could be completely off on that. But part sure of me feels really like Mike Conley. And I, we can we can effort this right now. It's always good yeah. uh, live live radio or live. Yeah. Hey, this is supposed to be you. a podcast. We're not supposed to be pressed and be live. Like I need you to live. carry this, like when you were gone for YouTube for a second, to see yeah. how long he played at Ohio. I'm State. I'm currently efforting this, and let's see. Oh, they, they don't put his college stats. Oh, yeah, he played one year. One yeah, year. Right. One year. Thirty thirty nine games. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm not used to – I guess now that we had the shortened season, yeah. um, you know, um, the shortened college basketball season, it feels like they played a lot less than that. But one thing, Ben, I actually do want to mention along this conversation is that the number of Big Ten players in the NBA I feel like is about to increase because of, number one, Juwan Howard, who I think is oh, – yeah, yeah. Uh, his – I mean, he's an awesome coach. He's surrounded himself with other awesome coaches. He has got the resume as an NBA player – to you know, to convince kids to come and play, and also he's got the cachet now as a coach to say, "Look at what I've built in one year. Um, come play for me." And then also, I think Mike Woodson at Indiana is going to have a chance to attract a lot. I mean, I actually didn't mind Mike Woodson as an NBA coach at times. Like I, I know he's been maligned for a lot, but you know, I have a I have a lot of affection for that 2013 Knicks team. Uh, it's yeah. just a lot of fun to watch, and I think he has been an effective coach at times. And I think this is an interesting step, and I like the idea that Indiana is going with. It's different. Um, I think different works in the in the co- current college landscape. I think there's good examples like Chris Beard, who is out there, but is such a successful coach. And yeah. I think ideas like Mike Woodson are are really smart ones that that in 
I think it's a place you're going to see more guys, you know, come through. Um, and obviously in addition to the ones that already, you know, Ohio State puts guys in the league. And I just think the league needs to get a bit more progressive because we talked about this, you and I did. It's yeah. so big man heavy, right? It's so big man dominant that that doesn't translate necessarily always to the NBA. Right. And there hasn't been really in the last couple of drafts somebody or even looking forward to this draft that was like a lottery pick, a surefire. I mean, Jalen Smith was this past right. year, and you had Daniel Oturu. But, again, two big guys that at least to this point haven't done anything phenomenal. As you look to this upcoming draft, Franz Wagner, Luca Garza, but still guys that maybe Io DeSumo, of course. But, again, not lottery-type, surefire top five picks as it pertains to the NBA level. But I think you bring up a good point about Jawan Howard. Obviously, Michigan bringing in the number one recruiting classes upcoming year, three McDonald's All-Americans. He does have that experience and that wealth of knowledge to say, not only are we building something special here in Ann Arbor, but after that is said and done, I'll make sure you're NBA ready to go. I do agree with your point about Mike Woodson. I was a guy that was skeptical at first about the Mike Woodson hire. I think everything that has happened since then has disproved any fear that I had. And Mike Woodson has that ability to rely on his NBA experience. In fact, that's how he got TJD, Trace Jackson Davis, right. back on campus in Bloomington. He said, listen, I've been at the NBA level for pretty much the entirety of my career. I know that you are not ready yet. You are a special talent, but there is so much you need to do to take that next step to be a great NBA player. Let me help you develop. And when he said that to Trace and Trace's family, that resonated and hit home. And that's what brought Trace Jackson Davis back to IU for another Big Ten season. So I agree with the point there. I think it is very smart. We talk about the NBA and the Big Ten ties. I think a guy that would rather be in the Big Ten right now, Brad Stevens, who's getting shellacked by the Brooklyn Nets and passed up $70 million. Can we talk no, about this? Can we talk about ahead, this? Yeah. So you, so, so you have a great Twitter account. Uh, Thank you. And I, know, I see it up there. This is not – I mean, it's, I, I legitimately enjoy seeing what you tweet. A lot of good memes. Um the, the the Brad Stevens bit is is one of my favorites. And I just want to I want to get your gauge of this. Like they, they offered him, didn't they? I mean, this is this it's according it's, to Woj. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. a full offer right. on the table. And in fact, if I may here, I never revealed right. this. This might be the first time this might be breaking Ooh, news. I'm getting this out of possibly you. breaking news. Let's go. I have a source in Bloomington, or he's not in Bloomington currently, but he has ties to the Indiana basketball program. And he called me on that Friday, the first round of, was it the first round of the NCAA tournament or was it the Friday of the Big Ten tournament? One of the two. I think it was the first round of the NCAA tournament. Was, and he yeah. said, the offer has been made to Brad. He gave me the specific numbers that were also shared out by Adrian Wojnarowski. Right. And he said, it's almost a done deal. Then he called me back later in the day after Brad had that whole statement where he released, I'm a mass hole now. I love the Patriots, <laughs> all that stuff. And I was like, is it done, done? Or is it just off the table for right now? He's like, no, it's done, done. And so I thought there was a chance I could have broken some news about taking the Brad Stevens bit and actually running with it. Right. But it never came to fruition. But the numbers and the information that I had, at least what's been reported, was correct. Yeah, this is one of those cases where, you know, it's like, is the grass greener on the other side? But like, but also too, I mean, it might be. I know it's the Boston Celtics and you're going, you'd be going to Indiana. And look, I know Indiana people think their job is the best job in the world, but let's be honest, coaching Jason Tatum and the, and the Boston Celtics, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the premier sports franchises, period, in the yeah. entire, in, in, in the entire, you know, all the United States and, and across the world too. Um I like he like we just talked about guys who might need to change the scenery. I, that entire Celtics team needs to change the scenery, like yeah. all of it. 
And it's really weird because, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I think the Sixers kind of went through something similar where the fans were almost happier when they sucked. And when things, you know, especially the last couple of years, a lot of frustration and angst and anger. Yeah. Think about back to 2017. I think it was 2017. I get my years mixed up. When they challenged LeBron and that young team went toe-to-toe at LeBron, almost made the finals, that that was unexpected. And so everybody was really happy. And since then, they haven't gotten it right. And it feels like – I think it, they should give it more time. But it might be a situation where if the animosity grows and both sides don't want to give it an actual go, then maybe there should, maybe it would be better off if he went back. Because, look, he can coach basketball in college until he's – you know. He, he could he could lose twenty games and he get fired and then somebody somebody else would take him because of his of his pedigree. But I, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting conversation. I think it's a good point you bring up too because the Boston Celtics do have a level of expectation just based based on the story nature of that franchise, and it wouldn't be a whole lot different for Indiana basketball. Yes, they would be so happy to have Brad back. This is talking a month and a half ago now, but at that point there would still be a level of expectation for the prodigal son return to his native home state to return its premier basketball program to where they all expected to be, to be at that blue blood level. So I think the level of expectation either in Boston or in Bloomington are going to be exponentially high. It's all about how you set that expectation. Like you mentioned in 2017 or whatever it was that postseason run for the Boston Celtics was unexpected. So it was cherished. So Josh neighbors, I think, unless we have any final points here, our crossover special episode between Locked On Big Ten and Locked On Big 12 that touched on the NBA playoffs formed our all-conference rosters Mm -hmm. out of the 16 NBA playoff teams. I think we did a great job. I think it was an entertaining listen for the people. I think the folks will love it, besides if they're watching me me, uh, leaving and then coming back, you know, just adding some drama in there. But, no, it was great. I enjoyed it, Ben. I always like, uh, you know, us. It's been a while, right? It's been a while since the tournament. So it's nice to reconnect. It is. It is very lovely to reconnect. I don't think we've even done a crossover special since before the NCAA tournament. We hosted a couple shows within the tournament together for Locked On, but it's been a while. So this was a great thought exercise, a great idea on your part to create some content in this later part of May. I had a ton of fun with it. Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12, Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big 10. We hope you enjoyed this crossover special on this Thursday. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.